Hey everybody, thanks for joining me with the Old Man's Podcast. This is the fourth episode. In this fourth installment, we're going to take a look at how generations are labeled and what the characteristics of the different generations are. You'll learn about the hazards associated with the ringing of the old man's doorbell. Kids, you're going to want to listen to this one closely. Our pop culture topic is the social media phenom TikTok, and on Tech Talk, I'm going to discuss blogging, which, if you know what blogging is, then why aren't you blogging on the old man's blog? If you don't know much about blogging, we're going to take care of that today. Now, again, thank you for being here with me. If you are a subscriber, thank you for taking the time to do that, if you've written a review. Thank you for doing that. If you have not done those things, I would be grateful if you would subscribe and write a review. It all seems complicated. Let me just simplify this. Yes, the old man has an Instagram, actually two of them. The old man has a Twitter, and the old man is going to have a TikTok here, which we're talking about today. All sounds confusing. Oh, and the old man's blog. I just mentioned that. So what's all this stuff going on? Let me make it simple for you. Go to the old man page on Facebook. I know you all know what Facebook is, super popular, most popular thing on the planet. Go to Facebook, like the old man's page. Do a search, whatever you have to do, find the old man. Once you get to that, you can find out how to connect to the old man's Instagram, both of his accounts, the old man's Twitter, how to get to the old man's blog. If you know what blogging is, and you're going to by the end of the day today, then you can blog away and get your opinions in there. That's what blogs are for, for opinions. We wanna hear about it. So go to Facebook, as you do almost every day, and find the old man's page. Well, enough of that. Let's get started. I have an old man's health tip for you, or maybe this is just an old man's recommendation. I can't decide. Tell you what, why don't you hang on, listen to me drone through this pretty uneventful story, and at the end of it, once I make my point, you decide, is this a tip, is this advice, or is this just an observation? So it was just last Thursday. I know it was Thursday because Thursday's grass cutting day. Now, by the way, let me give you this isn't a health tip. This is some advice on the best day to cut grass. I'll get into a debate with you and I'll argue with you what's the best day to cut grass, but it's never going to be the weekend. No man should spend the weekend, any time in the weekend, cutting grass. 
So what I do is I cut my grass religiously because the old man's all about routines. I cut my grass routinely on Thursday evening. Then it looks at best on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when I'm at home so that I can enjoy my lovely turf and all the work that I put into it while I'm home. If I cut my grass over the weekend, then it looks its best during the week when I'm at work, and that's a waste. Therefore, for personal enjoyment, Thursday is the best time to cut grass. Back to the story. So I know it's Thursday because I just got done cutting grass. I've done all the work that I always do every Thursday, getting the lawn looking good and taking care of the yard work. Change my clothes, make my, it's been a hot day, you know how hot it was. Make myself a big, tall, double shot gin and tonic. I mean, what's better on a hot evening than a gin and tonic? I can't think of anything. And this one, this one's phenomenal. I had stopped off at the grocery store in advance, purchased a few limes so that I could make this just perfect. This was a championship, if there was a championship for gin and tonics, this one would be it. So I was just really pleased with myself. Kick off my shoes, sit down on the couch, turn on Netflix, queue up Justified, we're ready to go, right? Complete relaxation is gonna happen. And that's when it happened. The doorbell rang. And I instantly went into grumpy old man mode. I think you can understand why. Who in the is ringing my doorbell? This better be important. I jump up, okay, I didn't jump. I pulled myself up off the couch and stormed across the living room towards the front door. What in the do you want? I fling open the door, yelling to no one because I didn't see anybody. This better be good. What in the could you possibly want now? Not seeing who I'm yelling at, I step out onto the porch and on the way down, my foot gets tangled up with something that's laying on the porch. I go flying, okay, I fell, all right, I fell face first into the bush right there in front of the front door. Once I get into the bush, I look behind me and there's a box. It's a UPS box. I glance over my shoulder and see, yeah, a UPS truck driving up the street. Thankfully, I think I was slow enough to get there and this guy was quick enough to get away. Nobody really saw my rant and I didn't need to be too embarrassed because how embarrassing would that have been if somebody, neighborhood kids, anybody would have seen that display. So I collect myself up out of the bush, brush the leaves off me, pick up the box, gather up what dignity I have left, put my head down, tail between my legs, and drag myself back into the house. Once I get back into the house, I realize, what am I doing here? When was the last time somebody came knocking on my door to bother me? And it wasn't really a good reason. This was a good reason. I ordered something. A man or a woman delivered this package to me that I not only asked for, I paid for. Guy was just doing his job and here I am going off on him to get something that I wanted to get. I should have been happy. 
there was a prize in a box, something I wanted. I was still humbly thinking about what a waste of time that display was, but I was thinking about some other things too. Like I said, when was the last time somebody came knocking on your door? That just doesn't happen anymore. Even the Girl Scouts got it figured out, right? They don't knock on your door to take Girl Scout cookie orders. They go to the, the drugstore and the, the grocery store and set up a table out in front and sell the cookies from there. Brilliant. They're not bothering anybody and they don't have to deal with grumpy old men like me. So I think society's gotten a lot more old man friendly. A lot less ringing the doorbell and grumpiness. Plus, add in this bonus, if there is a bonus to be associated with the pandemic, this is it. Nobody's ringing doorbells. Nobody's coming to your house unless they got a really good reason. Right? So, to us grumpy old men, the world's more friendly to us. We can be less grumpy. The chances are, when someone rings your doorbell, it's gonna be a good thing. It's not gonna be like the old days when it was some annoyance selling something. Now they're bringing you things that you probably want. So fellas, when the doorbell rings, go ahead, set your drink down, get on up, put, pause your TV, you have that ability, get to the door, see what's there. It's probably gonna be a good surprise and you don't have to be a grumpy old man. Alright, let's talk about the labels that are placed on generations and some of the characteristics that are applicable to the generations. Those of us that are in education, we are never very far from this research important for us to know how kids learn, how they relate to their environment, how we can more effectively educate them. So as educators, we never get real far from this research. We need to know what's going on. If you're not an educator, it's not going to hurt you to know about the generation's characteristics and why they're labeled the way they are. It'll help you understand the young people that are in your life that you care about. You'll understand why they think the way that they do, and it should help you communicate with them. So that, that's why we're taking the time to do this. What researchers have found is that the things that occur during their formable years, the significant events that happen, war, famine, you know, those kinds of things, do affect the generation. Again, broad brush here, and helping develop some characteristics that are indicative of that age group. Like I said, painting with a broad brush, so try not to get offended here. And this isn't an exact science. To say this 26-year-old has these characteristics, well, that's just stupid because everybody's life experiences are different, so everybody's different. But in a broad sense, most 26-year-olds have certain characteristics that make them similar to each other. Likewise, they don't have a whole lot of characteristics that make them similar to a 56-year-old. And that's because our life experiences have been different, but also because of the things that we grew up in, the situations and the events that occurred while we were growing up were very different. That's how generations become different. Why is this important to anybody? 
Well, like I said, educators, we need to know how to better reach kids, but that's not important enough to make people do it. What makes researchers research? Money. Of course, it's money. The marketing implications for the business world to hit a target, to know how to hit that target audience, to know what they like, what they don't like, buttload of money. If you can hit your target audience right, you can market your product, your good, your service, whatever it is you're trying to market, but you need to know about them. So, for example, if I wanted to market a concept, let's just pick one. Uh, I'll give you a choice. You choose who, which one you like. John Wayne or Clint Eastwood? If you say John Wayne, you're a baby boomer, and now I automatically know certain things about you. If you say Clint Eastwood, well, you're not a baby boomer, and I also now know certain things about you. Now, there's nothing wrong with Clint Eastwood. Don't take it wrong. I'm a boomer. It's John Wayne all the way. Yes, I've watched every Clint Eastwood movie there ever is, and I love watching Clint Eastwood, but my loyalty is to whom I grew up with, John Wayne. So if there's a John Wayne movie on and a Clint Eastwood movie on at the same time, I'm probably watching the Duke. Loyalty. These are the kinds of things that the marketers need to embrace, need to find out about. Let's play another one. Ready? Ginger or Marianne? If you even have an answer to that question, then you're a boomer. If you don't understand the question, you're not a boomer. That's the kinds of things that generational studies can tell you. Incidentally, since I ask, and I'm sure you're wondering, the correct answer, Ginger or Marianne, the correct answer is neither. It's Jeannie. Jeannie is number one, far and away. Close second even is gonna be Ellie Mae. Ginger and Marianne don't even make the chart. Unless you're marooned on a desert island, then yeah, that's, that's a good choice to have to make. But it's Jeannie every time. Okay, boomers were following me on that. If you're not following me, you didn't get any of that, you're not a boomer. That's how the study and the research and the generations work. The generation that Preet was born before World War II have a couple of different names, several different names actually. Sometimes they're simply called the greatest generation. They overcame so many challenges during their lifetime. Depression, worldwide depression, World War II. Uh, probably could stop right there. That's enough to come through. They're also known as the silent generation, sometimes called the traditionalist generation. That generation is 75 years old and older now, but they're still wielding some power, but their influence has been taken over by the baby boomers than it was some time ago. The baby boomers, those are us that are born between 1944, so the end of the Second World War, and generally up to about 64, 65. We're 55 years or older. What kind of influencers did we experience during our formidable years? I'm sure you can remember. Vietnam, Watergate, March on Selma, and all, Martin Luther King, and all the civil rights things that were going on at the time. Apollo, the landing on the moon. Some of us were very, very young at the time, but we can all remember where we were at. Kennedy's assassination, MLK's assassination, a recession, an oil embargo in the 70s. These are all pretty significant events that affected us in our formidable years. 
Researchers have found that in general, again, broad brush here, boomers are anti-establishment, more me than any other generation before them. So the things that have happened to us make us look a little selfish, I guess you could say. We spend less money than subsequent generations. We're still a little thrifty. That's because we came through a pretty significant recession in that oil embargo when it was hard to we're lined up for miles to get gas. The boomers embrace and value family time more than their parents did. And that's probably because dad worked all the time. He wasn't home. Um, we noticed that there was not enough family time in our upbringing. We're compensating for that and spending more time with our families than our parents spent with us. Behind us boomers, it's Gen X. Now Gen Xers are born 1965 to 1979. So there are 40 and over, 40 to about 55 at this point. Some significant events that happened to Gen X during their formable times, they were the first latchkey generation. It's the first generation where both parents were more likely to work than just one. And being the latchkey generation, that has shaped them in a lot, as you might imagine. They've seen the fall of the Soviet Union. They've seen a more open world. The Cold War doesn't mean a whole lot to the Gen Xers. They don't understand what that means. As a result of these things that have occurred to them, they do embrace family. Their family is very, very important to the Gen Xers and they're protective of it. In fact, they're protective of their children. That, I believe, I would argue, is probably a reaction to being latchkey. Their parents weren't around as much as they wanted to. They were dropped off at daycare or whatever. They're compensating by doting over their children and being um, a little more skeptical and a little more cautious. How about that one? They're more cautious than their parents were. So if we talk about what's wrong with the kids these days, and we, we have, and then we said, well, maybe parents, not the problem, but maybe our kids are the way they are because of the parenting. With the Gen Xers and their latchkey experience, it would seem that they are more protective of their children and maybe too protective. And we've discussed the implications of being overly protective and we probably will some more. So that's Gen X. Next up, Gen Y, right? After X comes Y. This group got a really cool nickname. You know them as the Millennials. They're called the Millennials. They were born 1980 to 1994 because they came of age as the new millennium came of age. These kids are 26 to 39 years old, have become parents themselves, or are now becoming parents. So it's been very interesting for researchers to watch and see how the Millennials are going to be as parents, what, what's going to be important to them. Researchers tell us that the Millennials are confident and they are very tolerant, but they can be narcissistic and seem to exude a sense of entitlement. And that's the funny thing, that's where all the jokes come about the millennials, about how they are into themselves, they see themselves more than, as being more than what they probably ought to see themselves as being, 
and they feel like they're entitled to something, anything, everything. There are older Gen X parents and there are younger boomer parents. While they're being raised by those, they, the parents really focused on their kids. We made those kids what they are. So when we say, what's wrong with the kids these days? They seem to be too narcissistic. They seem to have a sense of entitlement. Well, yeah, they do, because that's what we gave them. That's my whole point. What's wrong with kids these days? Nothing. They're exactly the way we made them. And maybe now you know a little bit why. The technology advancements that have occurred during the millennials' upbringing and what they're going to continue on with is mind-numbing. So much advancement in technology it could all be attributed to being for the millennials or of the millennials. And it's just going to be more. These guys are into technology and they're gonna, technology's gonna shape the world. Due to technology, now the world seems like a smaller place, and probably it is, there's a sense of community within the millennials. They embrace the concept of community. So the current generation, the youngest one, which would be the children of the oldest millennials and the youngest Gen Xers would be Gen Z, right? When X, Y, that was the millennials, now we're Gen Z, so we call these guys the Gen Z. Now, at first, that got me a little worried, because like Z, that's the end of the alphabet. Are you saying humanity's done after this one? No, the new generation being born right now, some were born today, we're going back to the beginning of the alphabet, we call them the alphas. I don't know why, somebody started at X, well, you got to the end pretty quick, didn't you? It just took three generations. Now you go back to the beginning of the alphabet. Why didn't you just start there? Anyway, I digress. The Gen Zers were born from 1995 to 2015, and they're 25 years and younger. This is a young group, mostly still in high school and college, but the older ones are coming out of college now and starting their own lives, their own careers, and maybe starting their own families. So studying to Gen Z is still going on. It's a work in progress, but here's what researchers have found so far. This generation, should be no surprise to us, is super sophisticated. They function at a high level due to the technology. They know nothing but technology in their entire lives. They can't do anything with them without it. As educators, we have struggled, some of us, but we have to embrace this. It's no longer necessary to make kids memorize the capitals of all 50 states. If I ask little Jimmy what's the capital of North Dakota, before I can even process that in my head, he's got his phone out, he's Googled it, he not only knows the capital of North Dakota, he knows the average yearly temperature, what the uh, population is, the per capita income, they can tell you Immense, they have immense amounts of knowledge at their, at their dispense because of the internet. The Gen Zers use the internet. So it's not about what you know for them. You know, we, we took a lot of pride in knowing, memorizing the 50 capitals. We, that was something you would be proud of. No Gen Zer would even consider it. That's, that's beneath them, so to speak, because it's, that's just easy. I can Google that. Gen Zers are more project-based. They're doers more than they're knowers. If knowing is memorizing, they know how to do things. They don't know a whole lot of facts 
And that's because anything can be looked up. It makes a whole lot of sense when you think about it. But it also changes the way we teach these kids and it changes the way we communicate with them. That's what you need to know. So we're still learning a lot about them, but look at the things that have happened. I talked about this in episode three. You know, right now we're going through a global pandemic. Before this, we started 20 years ago, a war on terrorism that still rages, school shootings, gun violence. I know there's always been violence, but it seemed rather significant now, especially when it's taken into the schools. The opioid crisis is, is you can't get away from that. There's been economic and social turmoil. I said it last episode and I'll stick with it. These kids, especially the ones in high school right now, if they're not, they ought to be suffering from PTSD. It's just been super traumatic for them. We need to help them through that. You need to understand that. So much has happened to them. We're still trying to learn about them, but this is what we know. They have a much higher expectation of diversity whether it's gender diversity, whether it's racial diversity, religious diversity, they expect everybody to be treated exactly the same regardless. That's a good thing. We ought to be proud of our kids for the way they look at equality. So technology is another thing they have a much higher expectation. And like I said, they rely on technology and that's where they're gonna separate from us, the older generation. If you can't I'm not saying you have to be able to write program code, if you even know what that is, but you need to be able to wade in the pool of technology, at least up to your knees, because that's where your grandkids are, that's where your children are, that's where your great-grandkids are gonna be, and it's only gonna get more immersed in society. So if you refuse, you take pride in not knowing anything about technology, you are going to be left behind, and you're gonna be excommunicated, so to speak, from these generations that are younger, the people that you care about, how are you gonna to talk to them? How are you gonna to relate to them? That's why we have the Old Man's Podcast to get us past that. So hang in here, guys. We're gonna get you into this. This generation, Gen Z, is going to, without a doubt, change traditional ways of doing things, like the marketing of goods, products, and services. Marketing firms, they're in a real challenge for them. How do you get to kids that don't watch TV, that don't listen to the radio? Of course, the answer is social media, but it's causing marketing firms and everybody that wants to communicate with the Gen Zers to be more creative. That's a good thing too. They're gonna change entertainment. They already have. They don't watch TV like generations before them do. Changed education, the way that teachers teach because they learn differently. They've changed what the traditional family looks like, the traditional lifestyles, and traditional culture of this country have changed, and will, well, the whole world. They're changing it, and they're gonna continue to do it. They are not like us. So if these younger generations are so much different, do we just ignore it? No. We have to understand it. I'm not saying you have to embrace it and you don't have to try to be TikTok famous yourself. More on that in a little while. You'll find out what that means. But you need to understand it. If you want to relate to and communicate with the young people in your lives, you've got to understand these things.
And that is why it's so important to listen to the Old Man's Podcast so you can relate and communicate. For this week's podcast, let's have a pop culture FYI talk. I'm going to bring you up to speed on something you may or may not have heard about. If you haven't, you sure will. It's an app, it's a social media platform, and it's known as TikTok. They spell it T I K T O K with a hyphen in between. TikTok is a social media app. You can look on your smartphone, your smart device, tablet, um, do a search for apps and you'll find TikTok if you want to look at it. On TikTok, kids are posting live videos. They can post a video that goes for about a minute, up to a minute, that's the maximum. And there's some pretty interesting stuff on there. Now, you may have heard the phrase, I want to be TikTok famous. That's something the kids will say these days because being TikTok famous and having, you're gonna, I'm gonna tell you in a second, this is ridiculous, an extraordinary amount of followers and views on videos that you do, you'll be famous to other kids that are following on TikTok. And that's pretty much every kid out there. So how famous is TikTok famous? I just looked up one young lady, a teenager, maybe old enough to drive, but if she is, just barely at the time i was looking at it and i'm sure it's more now she had nearly 80 million followers that's right 80 million with an m followers that's just followers if you think of the number of videos that she's done and it's substantial then how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of views she's had on the videos that she's produced. Perhaps a billion, I don't know, but that's a lot of followers, that's a lot of views, and she is what you call TikTok famous. Now there's not just one TikTok famous person, there's a bunch of them. I downloaded the app just to see what was going on, had to open up an account. It was really simple, it was like any other account. The thing about TikTok that is really interesting, and this is what us elderly need to know about how this works, I don't exactly understand, but I can wrap my mind around this. So there's an algorithm that someone wrote that can predict based on your views and how long you watch a video, the kinds of videos you watch, this algorithm allows TikTok to predict what you're gonna be interested in. We've got similar things that are gonna tell us on Netflix, for example, they'll tell you what you're interested in, what your interest that you've watched so far makes them think you wanna see, and they'll recommend uh, movies and content on Netflix, just as an example. This algorithm that TikTok is using must be super complicated. I don't understand it, but it, it's kind of cool. It makes sense. I don't have to get on uh, the app and scroll through multiple videos, and there's millions of them on there. 
it brings the content to me that it has figured out I'm interested in. And I gotta tell you, it's pretty darn accurate. I enjoy it. I was sitting in a back porch for quite a long period of time. I had to kind of wake myself out of it. I was getting sucked in. And the videos that were coming to me were things that I was interested in. And some of them were very amazing. Of course, with this algorithm, now I'll just keep getting more and more content that's similar to what I liked. And that's a pretty wonderful thing. That's really the most interesting point in this whole thing, this algorithm that predicts what I like. I know I've heard, I can't profess to know this for a fact, but it makes sense to me, that the total amount of knowledge we as uh, human beings have at our disposal doubles every seven years. And maybe that's more rapid than it really is, or maybe it is gonna be more rapid than seven years. It seems like we're exponentially knowing more stuff, having more entertainment, having more things at our disposal. To have a mathematical algorithm that can help me wade through that so I don't get bogged down and frustrated by not being able to find what I need, what I want, it's pretty interesting. And that's probably the future. So I have two takeaways for you. One is, now you know what TikTok is. If you want to check it out, check it out. I don't have a whole lot of use for it. I, I do videos, but I'm on Facebook. That's where my friends are, and you're probably in that as well. But I will keep the TikTok app up on my phone because it's really entertaining, and I did spend some enjoyable time watching uh, some really interesting videos. You may want to do that too, so you might want to take a look at that app. The second thing I want you to know besides the awareness of what TikTok is, the awareness about this algorithm and, and this technology that allows entertainment services like Netflix, like TikTok, and there's many, many more, to predict what the things are that you're going to be interested in. And it sounds a little scary when there's some sort of artificial intelligence figuring out what it is I'm interested in. But let's be honest, it does make my life easier. And for this old man, an easy life is a good life. Finally, for this week's podcast, we're going to end up where I like to end up, and that's talking tech. This week's tech talk, I'm going to talk about blogs. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. If you're already a blogger, then you know everything you need to know about blog. Blogging is pretty common. For example, there's a Nextdoor app that we use and ties all the people that want to be involved in Nextdoor in the community of, that I live in can be tied to that social media app, but there's a blog on there too. So I, people will ask questions about things that are going on that they seriously want answers. People will put positions. Of course, it goes political way too often, but it's more friendly what neighbors would say as they're standing around in line at the grocery store. Nowadays, we don't really get to do a lot of that with this pandemic, so a social media app like Nextdoor that has a blogging 
which is just a conversation, a digital conversation feature with it, that's really nice. Now, the old man has been raising all kinds of issues. We started with what's wrong with kids these days. We talked about our parents, the problem. Then we talked about leave them kids alone, and now we're here. Maybe I've touched a nerve with you, or I've got you excited about that topic as well, and you want to express yourself, so you need a blog to do that. If you want to go to the old man's blog and participate in such a really a, a stimulating activity that blogging is, I'm gonna make it easy for you. So go to your Facebook, find or search the old man that's a page so I have a page set up on Facebook the old man find that once you get there you'll be able to find out the information that you want to know more about getting on the old man's blog and there'll be a link for you and you, when you get on the old man's blog like every blog you have to register with your email and a username and password as I said a number of times encouraging you to look at all these technological advances all these new things you don't have to use them but it's nice to know about them they're tools that you may want to bring into your arsenal of technology but mainly it's important for us to know about these things because our kids use it our grandkids use it. that's the way of the world now and it's only going to get more so so we don't want to get left behind heck that's why we listen to the old man's podcast so we know what's going on in the world of technology conclude episode four of the old man's podcast i appreciate you taking the time to listen and would be grateful if you could pass this podcast on to your friends and family if you're getting this podcast on an app that allows you to subscribe to it and write a review i would be grateful for that as well i would like to remind you again about the old man page that you can find on facebook on the old man page, you can get connections to the blog, my Instagram accounts, there are two in my Twitter feed. You may or may not be interested in any of those things, but if you are, you can certainly find it there on the old man page on Facebook. And if you're not sure, well, just take a look. It doesn't hurt to try. Everyone stay safe, but live bold. Don't forget to enjoy this wild ride that we're on. If you have questions or comments, I love the comments. Go to the old man's email. That's all there is to it. The old man's email at yahoo.com. And guess what? You can find that on the old man page on Facebook as well. Would love to hear from you. Join in the conversation. Send me an email, blog, whatever. Have a great week. Episode 5 is just one week away. Get off my grass! Damn kids.